Good morning. What up? Happy late October. That it is. Changing a little, little the nip in the air this morning. A little the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock. Any <laughs> any James Wickham Riley fans out there? Frost is on the pumpkin. Uh, that would be hey Chris, cue the uh, crickets. <laughs> it's a classic. I highly recommend you read it, and you have to read it in the old timey rural Midwest vernacular. That's how it's written, anyway. <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, I didn't know we had sound effects. We need to redo every podcast we've ever done <laughs> now that I know we have sound effects. That's fantastic. Uh, but I know there's at least one person out there that understands what I'm talking about, um, which would be like 50% of the listening base. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, there we go. So changing of the leaves is uh, starting to be in effect. College football season is officially over, uh, which is right on time for IU fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, as basketball season um is on the horizon, hopefully. And, of course, there is the big national holiday of Halloween, which begs the question, what's your costume? I'm wearing it. No? Scary indeed. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't know we had a keyboard back there. Chris on the ivories. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I, haven't, I, <clears throat> I have not thought about it. Um, I could break out the uh, the standard later hosen and just go Oktoberfest since I won't be trick or treating for candy and just be refilling my beer mug with you know every other house or fifth house or whatever. Um, I don't know. That's I think that's serviceable. It makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. All right. Uh, I we got uh, invited to a ho- adult Halloween party, which. Kelly accepted the invitation before consulting me because my vote would have been no because I'm an old curmudgeon and I think dressing up in a Halloween outfit adds more stress than uh, it does fun of going to a party. It'll be laid out for you and you get home and like, well, I did, I I did say, here's what I want to go as, but I need you to get all the, the uh, apparel and accoutrement that go with Halloween. So it's Um, not Papa Smurf. It is not. It is close. Close. Uh, I am going as Post Malone. I got some gold diamond encrusted gold grills. They actually, if you Google it, because everything's on Google, uh, it probably came through Amazon, which of course everything's in, sold by Amazon as well. Uh, there's a Post Malone tattoo kit that you can buy. Uh, so you can be, you know, head to toe, all tatted up. Um, I bought a snazzy jumpsuit. Can be pretty fly. My only concern is, will the tattoos wash off at the end of the night, you know, completely and not leave? I think we should do another episode in costume. That'd be cool. That's a possibility. Yeah, that'd be cool. Unfortunately, this time of year also means that everyone's jumping in on two doctor's offices and getting things scheduled before the end of the year to get their, since they've maxed out their deductibles, but <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting segue. Yeah. So apparently somebody's got some medical procedures coming up. Yeah. Yeah. My Myself and uh, Maddie has to get her wisdom teeth pulled. They actually scheduled that today, not for today, but to get it in before the end of the year. Um, little operation I need, may or may not. They told me yesterday, they go, we're not really sure we can actually get you in by the end of the year. I'm like, oh, that's good. Thanks. I remember getting my wisdom teeth pulled, and I got home, and... 
um, our mother had decided to grill steaks for everyone that night, and I was so hungry because I couldn't <laughs> eat. And I was so angry that she had made nice steaks on the grill that night that she was so fed up with my complaining uh, that she took a steak <laughs> and put it in the food processor and made steak paste. Mm. And you know what? I ate it, <laughs> and it was delicious. It was fantastic. It was like a... Uh, Sounds great. I mean, in today's restaurant world uh, where, you know, some of the... Some of the uh, things like the terrines and things like that have, have made a comeback the last few years. She was ahead of her time, really. I mean, she was like Julia Child. I, I, think, I think I'd rather it in its original form. Well, true. But when, you, <laughs> when, when, you, when you've got to, like, gum the food, it's pretty good. True. Uh, so it's late October. As we record this, we're, we'll move forward here. When we release it, it'll be sometime in the next five years. Uh, but we do have a busy the holidays coming up, but then post holiday getting into the new year, we kick right into, at least in our industry, uh, in our region, especially trade show season. Yeah. And actually starts, <clears throat> excuse me, mid November with an AWI chapter, uh, function up in Chicago. Uh, but yeah, the, the primary ones, the regional shows that we have done for years, um, January and February are the, uh, the big time. Yes, so preparations begin or have already begun for a lot of those. Um, and that's going to be a big focus. Uh, so for listeners out there, for us, the trade shows are, are pretty, you know, in some ways people can argue that what value do you get out of them because you can't control the attendance that's coming in and, and the, you know, the level of prospective customers or existing customers that you may be able to have some touch points with uh, others would argue that if you're not there, that's when you're noticed. You're noticed for not being there versus necessarily being there. Uh, I guess in your, on, from your perspective, greatest benefit. Well, I'm just excited to get back to trade shows this year because a lot obviously were canceled last year. Um, the handful that still took place were you know, obviously not well attended either by vendors or attendees. Um, but overall, I think it's just a great venue to um, see customers in general. Um, and then really, it's, it's, to me, it's all about product introductions or maybe reminders. So if we have a new product out. It's a great way to uh, introduce the market to those products. Um, or conversely, just remind them about things that you've got that are maybe relatively new or things that are coming down the pike that, perhaps that market is not really taken advantage of as of yet. So going back a couple of years, um, and we, we, we talked about this quite a bit since then, there was more conversation. These happen to be, the shows I'm referring to happen to be um, centered on wood coatings or industrial wood coatings. The conversation around water-based products um, was pretty rampant, much more so than it's ever been in the past. And so we're like, oh, we knew this was coming, but if, if some of these markets are actually talking about these products, more way more so than they have ever. Um, that's an interesting shift in the thought process of those markets. And so um, I'm interested to see if that continues, which I, I honestly, I think it will. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited to see that. I'm also excited to introduce some new products that we've got um, kind of rolling out now and, and how those are received.
speaking of trade shows, what what's the, your, I don't want to say your darkest memory, <laughs> but that could qualify. Uh, uh, but what is your <laughs> uh, greatest memory? If you had to like envision a trade show, what would it be? I'm going to answer this somewhat vaguely. So for those who have gone to trade shows on a regular basis, regardless of what industry you're in, and it could be little regional ones to the big ones out in Vegas or Atlanta or Chicago or New York. If you go to enough of them, like a lot of road warriors have been to, you know, shows for years, could probably sit down and write a coffee table book about trade shows, about their experiences, good and bad. Some I, I can't mention or shouldn't mention on air. I mean, I don't feel like I'm that old, but there's <laughs> there's a lot of stories I could think of. Um, going back to, you know, the all-pro days, the regional shows, you know, the ones in Vegas, et cetera. Um, quite a few memories. Darkest, I don't know there's really a darkest one, per se. <clears throat> I remember setting up for a show in Miami in the middle of the summer the convention center had no AC on at that time because all the, you know, bays were open, people moving in and setting a booth up. And it was like, you know, 95 with 95% humidity and just literally sweating through all my clothes, um, setting up a booth. Um, I'm sure many people can relate to that one. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> well, perhaps it was that day. But speaking more specifically, if you had to sum up a trade show, particularly for on Assess's behalf, in one visual, one object, what would it be? Well, I mean, it's still... I'll give you a hint. Well, yeah, I don't know. I hear, I hear you. Uh, it still comes up today, every show, without a doubt. Everybody wants to know. Where's the suckers? Where's the Tootsie Pops? Uh, Chris, you got any Darth Vader theme music? That's, that's in my head right now. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> He's searching for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Check Napster. Wait, wait, that might predate you. All right. Introduction, please. What's the Tootsie, pull, tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop? Yeah, well, so first of all, Welcome, everyone, back to the Industrious Podcast. We'd like to uh, take this moment to introduce a special guest, special guest to us, but special guest to the podcast and the industry. Uh, that would be Mr. Vince Todd Sr. So welcome to the Industrious Podcast. Now you get to learn what a podcast is. <laughs> I just had to figure out how to spell it. Well, we'll help you with that one. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> we see that you brought breakfast for us this morning. That's good. Oh, well, you always got hit going to talk about trade shows. We've got to have a few props to go with the trade shows. I guess, you know, what gave rise to these things was for those who are a little bit more on the mature side, remember a guy by the name of Telly Savalas who loves you, baby, Kojak. And that gave rise to these uh, Tootsie Pops. Everybody had some little gimmick to hand out, whether it be pencils or ballpoints or rulers or just some little knickknack. Well, I got on the idea, let's give out Tootsie Pops. First of all, they were inexpensive. So if it wound up in the jump dumpster, which most of them did not, like the other junk did, uh, you know, you only had seven cents in them. We used to buy them by the case. I'd get a 1,000 of them at a shot. 
and they're all flavors. And I see the one that's really the most important or had the best, most weight to it is missing out of this little bouquet here. And that was chocolate. And uh, I we think one of your granddaughters ate it. Uh, probably <laughs> <laughs> when I wasn't looking. Anyway, um, the idea was to pass them out and stand in the aisle. Uh, one of the cardinal sons at a, at a trade show is sitting down. So personally, I used to prohibit chairs in the booth. You need to be active. You need to be out there fishing. Set the hook on somebody that's going by, drag them in. How do you do that? Well, a la the suckers. How about a treat? For what it's worth, um, I think we've tried to uphold the no chair rule. Um, so Yeah, there are no chairs in the booth. So you're, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the beat goes on. Yeah. Uh, notoriously, you look around, you watch your competition, and they've got chairs in their booth, and they're all sitting in there chewing fat instead of being out there seeing people. And the whole purpose of the trade show is to see people. A, try to convince them to try your product, get them a sample, get a date for a spray out, whatever. Or B, if they're already a customer, thank you for the business. And that meant, meant a lot to a lot of people because there's a lot of suppliers who don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but go back to the to the sucker. The the chocolate ones were my favorites, and I always kind of reserve those for a. Here comes some guy. He's got a cabinet shop or whatever, and he's got his wife because it's a opportunity for them to get two or three days away from the shop, have a little break in the action. And I would go after her with that chocolate. I've yet to find a lady that didn't like chocolate. So chocolate was the entree. You get her, get her in the booth, and here he comes right behind her, and then bang, go after him. You got him in the booth. Now they're yours. They're on your side of the of the aisle. So that was the whole gimmick with that. But anyway, uh, after the trade shows and two or three weeks down the road, they get a phone call. Hey, is Kojak there? <laughs> well, obviously, that made an impression. It worked. I mean, we we reaped the benefit. That was our return on investment, so to speak. Whether it was a national, regional, it didn't make any difference where the show was or the size of the show. It was something that worked because it was well-known. It was well-branded. Um, I think it's safe to say that trade shows were kind of like your natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you say it as jokingly, like you know, the creature in its natural no, habitat. No, it was it, like going to the zoo and, and watching some of the animals, <laughs> and it was just, there it was, and it was... Uh, it was like uh, Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. It was like you know, tractor beam sucked it right in. <laughs> like uh, it was, it was watching a spectacle of sales. Well, there was a purpose in being there. I mean, if you're not getting out there and work it, why go? Right. I mean, they they take up time. They cost money, food, lodging, and all that stuff, as well as the booth space. And but if you're not going to work it, stay home. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I used to enjoy it because I'd meet a lot of people, and I'd see a lot of people I hadn't seen for quite a while. And um, from that standpoint, it almost became a social event. Yeah. Based on all the shows you've been to, so kind of asking you the same question that, that Joe asked, what, in terms of stories we can share, what... Uh, <laughs> this is a family channel. Yeah, well, somewhat. What stories that ring true to you in terms of we did this thing and it was super successful or conversely, you know, we tried one thing one year, 
And, you know, you take a risk sometimes. It just, it just flopped. It didn't work. Well, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> well, I guess the, the ones that you really tried to do to get in more into the center stage or in the limelight was if they were going to have an opportunity for you to apply product, do a demo, so to speak, a live demo where you would spray a widget or cabinet or anything. Uh, those were always the best. The problem was is that the odor in most of the places would not allow you to do that. Uh, most of the different venues that we would go to. So we'd have to set up outside and trying to get people to go outside to watch the demo was quite a, quite a feat. Oh yeah, I'll be out there. I'll be out there. Well, hell these guys are there for one thing, eat, grab something to drink, grab a few knickknacks and they were gone. And I think probably one thing that sticks out in my mind that what was it's kind of funny, but it isn't. There were the two guys, and they looked like the grumpy old men, and they were walking around this floor, and they both had shopping bags. You know, everybody has a bag for something. The bag says uh, Pete's Lumber Yard or whatever. And they're going around to each booth and picking up pencils and pens and whatever little gimmicky thing that that – vendor was giving away that day and putting them in a bag. And if they could get one or two, that was great. They got a handful. That's even better. And come to find out what they were doing was they were going through the show, collecting all of this stuff and going back home two or three days later, they'd have a garage sale. And there you are, they are standing by these tables at home selling this stuff they picked up at the trade shows. You know, it, it was Kind of funny, but yet you had to feel sorry for him. Yeah. I kind of question what's uh, a little That was bit, before eBay. What, what's more, what's more questionable, the fact that they were trying to sell it or the people that would actually come to the, the garage sale and buy some of that random knick-knacky stuff that's branded? Well, you only have to do one garage sale until you get the idea who attends those things. Yeah. And some of them are people who buy anything. Yeah. yeah. Or try to get you to deep discount it. Like mm -hmm. no charge. Right. So uh, the trade shows are uh, in your personal rearview mirror as you're enjoying life and retirement. Looking back, um, I guess what, what's the thing you would miss the most about them, about trade shows or just generally the industry? I think a little of each. Um, the trade shows are part of the industry as opposed to the industry being part of the trade show. Uh, I mean, if you didn't have the industry, you wouldn't have a trade show. The trade shows were a lot of fun. They were what you made it, quite frankly. I mean, they could be a real pain or they could be a lot of fun. Um, and like I say, most of the time they turned out to be a social event. Uh, miss the industry? Yeah, I miss the industry. I miss the idea of what's next in technology. Technology is changing. Things are changing, the method of application, the technology of the coatings, the curing, whatever, whether it's a UV or water base. And I see things like climate change. That's going to affect it. Uh, they're still talking about VOCs today. We were talking about VOCs 30 years ago. Today we're still talking about them. Uh, where's that zero VOC stuff? Uh, there's a lot of technology going into architectural coatings. Uh, the stuff you put on the walls of your house, would, not being into that, 
but you can see it on TV. Um, so I think from that standpoint, you know, yeah, I miss the industry. Miss the people in the industry, too. Right. I'll say for you, it would be the, the human interaction. Yes. What about the uh, upset customers? Upset customers? Hey, you know, wouldn't it be a, a wonderful world if there was never an upset customer? Part of, part of the uh, thing about an upset customer was how to defuse them. I mean, they call up and they're all unhappy about something, and you got to listen. The biggest thing was to listen. Shut up and listen. And once that person has vented their frustration or pent up whatever, then you go to work on it and try to resolve their issue. Because if you can resolve their issue, you become more of a hero in their eyes. So my next question is, so a bulk of your career was on the sales side of the ledger. I mean, outside of business ownership, you know, you, there was a, a strong concentration on the selling side and being the face out there in the market. Um, and you spent several years working a lot with newer reps, younger reps. Uh, you, maybe you just answered my next question, which is if there's a, a fresh face out in the in the market selling industrial coatings, what's your singular most important piece of advice for them? I think the biggest thing that a lot of the people today, you got to know the product. You have to know the technology of the product. It's much more involved than what it used to be. You know, it used to be paint. Now it's coatings. Then it's chemical coatings. So you got to know more about the technology of the coating. Why is that coating good for me? Why is, what's it going to do for that customer or that prospect's product? Is it going to add value to it? And if it is, how? And to go about it that way. I think that's the biggest thing. And to get these young guys to not stand there and say, hey, I know it all. I've got all the answers. No, you don't. Sit down and listen to this person. This person's been... You know, if it's an Amish guy, hell, he's probably been building cabinets for the last 30 years. He grew up building cabinets. And he knows he's forgotten more about cabinets than this kid will ever know. So I think the biggest thing is going back to listening, learning the product, and learning your market. I'm going to make note of that. Wise words. Pardon? Wise words. So what, that story that you told us about the, the knickknacks, would you say that was, what, that was your least favorite story? Is that a leading question? <laughs> sort of. I don't know that it's the least favorite. I, there's been some uh, stories that, you know, obviously you, you can't put out in, yeah. in the airwaves, but there there were some, there were some times that uh, competitors would go around you know, when the show was over at 5 o'clock, let's say, in the afternoon, you always wanted to stick around for at least 30 minutes beyond there because it, all that's when all the piracy would happen because you'd have all your technical data sheets and all this stuff laid out on the table to talk to your prospects from and all this, and the competitor would come sneaking around and, Wham, there goes that book full of data sheets, and there goes this, and there goes your price list or whatever. 
and you have no idea. Well, and the other thing was when you left at five thirty, six o'clock, that stuff went with you because that competitor probably was weaseling his way in at eight or nine o'clock that night. Or if the show started at eight o'clock the morning, the next day, he's there at six or six thirty, looking for stuff, yeah. anything that they can collect. That's, uh, the advent of the digital age, I think has helped that because two reasons. One, it's all in digital format. And anymore, people don't want to walk around with tons of stuff. So it um, gives you the opportunity to say, hey, well, I'll connect with you after. I can email it to you or it's available on the website already, depending on what the information is. So in some ways, that has helped. But, but you're right. And now, even today, I think it's it's panels to some extent, putting some of that stuff away. But yeah, all, yeah. all trade show frat games, as we like to call it. <laughs> well, there's certainly things that you can cannot have there or don't need to have there anymore. But... You never lose that element in our world of, of touch, feel, see, um, and yeah, the, whether it be display panels, things like that. Uh, those get go. Those get removed. I think uh, using the panel example, Joe, is, is a good idea because if you got a, a let's say a, a a urethane finish for kitchen cabinets, and you finished a panel, and it's one of the hot colors, if you would, uh, wood tones of the day, just to have one. Let him feel he touched that, but use that to get the appointment to go back and see him on his territory and maybe book a trial, book a spray out. Right. But keep that panel in your possession and don't leave it laying out. But uh, it's kind of a segue into getting that spray out, which is what you're trying to get anyway. Right. Whether he's a new customer or an existing customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Go back in time. We are obviously clearly a family-owned business. Um, what you know, as the the catalyst of this, was there a reason why you um, invited us into the business? Some might say sucked us in, guilted us in, whatever it may be. But what what was your vision? You know, twenty years ago. Well, obviously, it was pretty blurry. Still well, is. clearly. Still is. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, I want to digress one second. I'll come back to that. Uh, he said one of the funniest things. Well, there was a guy, Larry Utterback, worked for Randsburg, and we used to go around doing these seminars on electrostatic painting. And that's when they came out with that uh, commercial, the Larry and Vince Crash Dummies. If it was on TV and they'd show a car banging into a concrete wall, with these two dummies in there, it was Larry and Vince. Well, we kind of coined or picked up on that. And we were right on the West Coast, and I think it was like Seattle or Portland, anyway. And we we're doing this seminar, and this, there was a room full of, full of people. And this guy, he was a, a, a boat person that came over from Vietnam when. Uh, they uh, came to the United States, and he started up this electrostatic painting, and we were talking about prepping the surface. And so we were going around the room. People were asking questions, raising their hands. So he raised his hand. We called on him, and he says, well, here's what I'm using. He says, I'm using the fluid in a battery. It's battery. Yeah, car battery. And so this guy would take, go to the junkyard and get old car batteries and drain the acid out of the car battery to prep the surface of, let's say, school lockers or whatever oh, the guy God. was painting. 
And so later on that dead evening, Larry and I were at dinner, and we looked at each other and started laughing because you could just picture this guy with a machete whacking a car battery to drain the acid out of it. I mean, did he I, have any skin on his arms? Well, <clears throat> he did. He did, but he had a long sleeve shirt on, so we couldn't oh, really goodness. tell how much scar tissue he had. Note to listeners, don't ever do that. Yeah. So we went through that. Another another similar incident was a, a show was in Columbus, Ohio. We're doing the seminar thing again, and this guy comes up, and he starts rolling his sleeve up, and he had a name tag on, and he, right, let's call him John Doe. And John, why are you doing? Okay, I haven't seen you for a while, you know, blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, he rolls his sleeve up, and his arm was nothing but scar tissue from his wrist all the way up past the elbow. And he says, you know, I'll never use anybody's product again except yours. And I said, well, what are you talking about? Well, make a long story short, the flash point on our product was pretty high. And he was in a dentist office, and it caught on fire. It arced and caught on fire, and that was the result. It burned his arms. The competitor's material. Yes, yes. And uh, he was lucky to still be with us, let alone having arms. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll never use anything but your stuff again. So, anyway, those are kind of like great things. Okay, back to the family thing. Uh, I guess, really, it just happened. You know, did it? Did I go to bed one night with the idea that I, tomorrow morning I'm going to start this family business? And I want you know the boys to join in, etc. You know I have a daughter; she had no interest in it. She's an OBGYN, so the last thing she was interested in was paint or coatings <laughs> or chemicals. And uh, we got rolling as I was with uh, Lily Industrial Coatings at the time, and. Uh, I think, Vinny, you were you were selling advertising or something for Yellow Pages or whatever. Uh, before I came in, I was with uh, Telemon and Carmel. That's right. Doing uh, distribution of cable modems and DSL modems and things of that nature. Yeah, that's closely related, related industry, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, one day led to another, and, and Vince came in, and the company then became available uh because I was employed by a hardware company. No one was selling hinges and hardware for uh, kitchen cabinets and stuff. And so I approached them about selling the coatings division. And they, um, after about three months, we finally got to the table and cut the deal, made the deal. And then I think, Joe, you were in Cincinnati. This was about 25 years ago, thereabouts. Mm. Early two thousands, yeah. Early two thousands, um, twenty years, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, back then, and uh, next thing you were at Procter and Gamble, and you were down there for a while, then came up here and went to the Patterson Dental people, and the next thing I know, in walks Joe one day and says, "Hey, uh, let's go forward." So we did. We've the three of us have been together ever since. And interesting enough, it really. To me, it was like a glove that fit the hand perfectly because although we're all three from the same family, we all three have different uh, expertise. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said we're all from the same family. See, I told you I was an actual kid. All these years, he's been telling me that I'm not part of the family. 
I thought that was going to be part of the surprise of this episode. We were going to announce somebody was going to walk well, in. Well, the say, cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> Your mother made me say that. Well, that's because she loves His me. His mother most. or my mother? Both of them. <laughs> Both mothers. Oh, man. The, the one liners going through my head right now. Yeah, there's, well, so probably any, a Navy joke in there somewhere, but we're not going to say that one yeah. either. So, anyway, uh, it, are it, you talking about Coronado Island? Uh, I was not going to go there. No, well, I, was, I was talking about maybe having a lost sibling in Southeast Asia somewhere. I have vomit rising up to my esophagus <laughs> right now. Don't make me do it. Sorry, listeners. That'll be in the outtakes. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, and it it worked out. It's been an interesting ride, up and ups and some downs, and uh, but it's been a great ride. And I'm really appreciative how it's worked out. Would I do it again? Yes. With the same people. Is that a statement or a question? <laughs> statement. Well, good. Good. I'm glad that we can uh, facilitate some pickle in your spare time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully you're, you're happy with what, with what we're doing and uh, how it's proceeding at this point. Well, he's not going to tell you the truth to your face like that. No, he'll say, you guys are fucking it up. Oh. Beep. <laughs> Where's the sensor button of the delay? That's yeah. uh, this is cable channel. <coughs> hey, he's still awake in the sound room. Chris is still awake. Hit his hot button. Oh man. Um, would you change anything? Would I? Number change? one thing. So, like, we'll ask two questions. I'll start with: If you looked back, is there anything that you go, "Man, I wish this would have gone different," or I would have would have tried something different? Anything that just strikes you? Yeah, if there's anything I, I would change, I wish that I had done what I did earlier in age. Um, You're only you know, 63 now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I wish. <laughs> I wish that I could turn back the clock. I wish that we'd uh, bought the company 20 years prior to when we did. Uh, you know, some decisions that were made have maybe uh, they would have been made differently. But, yes, I, I, that would be the biggest thing. All right, so best thing. Look back and go, man, the best thing – most fondest memory of a decision or uh, something that happened, an outcome, besides having that third child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that we know that's the default answer, but right. other, so number two, like maybe one B. I think the the best moment was the day I went to the attorney's office to close on the acquisition of the company from uh, the previous owner, and getting out from under that umbrella to do our own thing and go forward. And the decisions that were being made were being made on, for our benefit, not their benefit, or something that had to be shared. Uh, and that, it, you know, if I had anything, I wish the hell I'd have done that 20 years prior to then. Instead of working for other people or other companies, we'd have started our own distribution company or manufacturing. I mean, I came from a manufacturer, large manufacturer. Lily was huge. Um they ultimately sold out to Valspar, who sold out to Sherwin-Williams. You know, in this industry, the big fish eat the little fish, and it's still going on today. But, uh, yeah, I wish the heck I'd have done that 20 years ago or more. 
Well, as they say, hindsight's twenty twenty, and that's just part of life. Yeah, it is. Really is. Yeah. So, you know, look forward. Can't do anything about the back, yeah. about the past, but we can sure look forward. Right. Certainly. Well, thank you for coming in today. I know you had a, a busy schedule this morning. Um, thanks for bringing breakfast in the form of a Tootsie Pop. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the kids I got dibs on the take. dark red one. That's fine. Um, and thank all of you listeners and viewers for tuning in to this episode of the Industrious Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already subscribed, please do subscribe, hit that notification bell, and go ahead and like any of these episodes when you go back and watch them. And provide feedback. Tell us about what you yeah. want to hear. What do you, what topics of discussion do you want us to uh, delve into? It can be industry-related. can be about life. It can be advice on love and romance. We are the experts at almost everything. Just ask our wives. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to go down that path. Anyway, be industrious, and thanks for joining us. See you.